Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And I had no idea you had been in an abusive relationship until the night where... Until the night it happened. You showed up at our friend's house. And it's like three o'clock in the morning. I got a fucking phone call. Your sister's here. This guy tried to kill her. And I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? And I didn't even have time to think. I was just like, okay, I'm going to book our plane ticket. We're going to figure this shit out at some point in the future. I was terrified to tell you. Yeah. I was so scared to tell you. And it does come back to that shame and that guilt. Nobody knew what I was going through. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of DV victims, whether it's physical or emotional or whatever it is, you're ashamed. You're scared. You're like, yo, is this really happening to me? You're like, how the hell did I get into this situation? Yeah, because you entered the relationship with love and you were coming from a good place. And then for that shit to change, it's like, damn, what the fuck? But then you're also trying to be like Peter Pan and you're trying to save this person and you're trying to fix them but you're losing yourself in the process you're listening to yo quiero dinero a personal finance podcast for the modern latina i'm your host janice torres award-winning latina personal finance expert i didn't always have my financial shit together but when i started looking for poc friendly personal finance podcasts i couldn't find any and so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. All right, y'all. So today on the show, I have probably the most special guest I could think of. 
My little sister is the guest today, and she's not just my little sister. She's a badass doing all types of amazing things, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hey, sis. Hey, boo. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm the baddest of all bitches, right? No. (laughs) My name is Leanne. I'm the creator and host of the Watch Us Thrive podcast, a personal development podcast that talks about a lot of uncomfortable conversations that people don't want to talk about, but it needs to be talked about. I'm Janice's little sister. I'm the behind-the-scenes woman behind her amazing podcast, Yo Quiero Dinero, doing all the things. I'm a mom. I'm a student. And you're also a domestic abuse survivor. Yes, I am. And so I wanted to bring you on the show because not only are we sisters, but we have both experienced domestic abuse in different ways. And I've started sharing my own story. And I think one of the things that I really want folks to understand is like the various ways that this can manifest in your life and also like destigmatize the idea that like this only happens to a certain kind of woman or a certain kind of person, right? Because I think there's so much like victim shaming and victim blaming in this conversation. And it's like, oh, well, you clearly were asking for it, or you just don't know how to pick the right partner or blah, blah, blah. There's so much of that shit. So I definitely want to like destigmatize the conversation around DV because I think it keeps a lot of people ashamed. And the more that we kind of keep this in the dark, the more it's going to continue to perpetuate. And I know personally for me, as I've started to share my own personal story, there have been so many women who've reached out to me who've been like, holy shit, I'm going through the exact same thing or I just escaped that. And so I think it's been really eye-opening for me just understanding like how many people are actually going through this and also experiencing it as a quote-unquote successful woman that this is not supposed to happen to. I'm so glad that you brought that up because honestly, I've had all those thoughts before I found myself to be that survivor of domestic violence. That could never be me. She's a fucking dumb bitch for staying in that relationship. I had all of those thoughts and it's not until you find yourself in it or you're healing from it that you're like, damn. And it's not until you start talking about it when I started sharing my own story. I've had like you so many people reach out to me and be like, I've gone through that too. Or damn, is that really a toxic relationship? Is that really an abusive relationship? One in three women, sis, one in three women will be a victim and one in seven men. People don't like to talk about that aspect too, that women can be violent and abusive and all those things. But one in three women will be a victim of domestic violence in their lifetime. So if you haven't experienced it, you know somebody has. There's two people right here that have experienced different types of abuse. But yeah, I had all those same thoughts. Yeah, there's so much judgment. And I think a big part of it is I don't even think that we like most of us are educated to understand like what a healthy relationship is, right? I'm still trying to figure out that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's the lifelong struggle. But I think, you know, especially for people in like marginalized communities, not that, you know, domestic abuse and violence only happens like to people of color. But I feel like there's a lot of behaviors that have been normalized that are classified as abuse, right? And so it's like, we don't even know that A, we're experiencing abuse because it's like so normalized. And there's also, and I think this is the first topic I want to dive into, especially as women, there's so much emphasis on us finding relationships and like being of service to everybody from like the beginning that I think we're just programmed to believe that we are better off in a shitty relationship than we are peaceful and single. Yes. Right? (laughs) So let's dive into that a little bit. Where do you think that your relationship knowledge came from? Oh, God. I started really, like, seriously dating when I met my daughter's father and I was 16. Like, that was the, the beginning of the toxicity, if you will. Where that shit came from, I don't know because like mommy and papi have such a good relationship like growing up, right? Why I found myself to attract these toxic type of people, that's still something that I'm trying to figure out as I'm on my journey to healing. But I just knew that I did not want to be alone. Like I hated the thought of being by myself was like terrifying to me. Was there anything like from your childhood that you could remember that maybe was like a hit to your confidence or some friendships that maybe like brought out your inner insecurities? 
I was definitely bullied growing up. I think a lot of people can relate to that. I feel like maybe the second child syndrome, being in your shadows, that's something that I've always struggled with when it came to confidence, feeling like I wanted to be seen, but I always felt like I was less than. But yeah, I just found myself just attracting these toxic type of man and being afraid to let that go and really be with me by myself. I didn't fucking know how to do that. This is the first time in my life, I'm 34 years old, that I've actually been single with no distractions. And I found such peace in it. But before, it's just like, it made me cringe to be by myself, you know? Yeah, I think for me, there was definitely like the ugly duckling syndrome. I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was like 14 or 15. And I dealt with bullying. I dealt with lack of self-confidence. So I think when I got my first boyfriend in high school, I was just like, oh my God, who is she? Like, I love this feeling. I love this version of her because she somehow has enough value to be noticed by somebody. And so... I was in that relationship until I went to college. And then I was just kind of like hopping from relationship to relationship. Like I was never really cool with being alone. Same. And I think it was just this idea of not even knowing how to be by yourself. And I think there's also, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of emphasis on us as women like to find the partner right away. Like everybody's supposed to have the fucking notebook romance where you like me as teenagers, you go to college together, you get engaged right after you graduate, you get married, you buy the house, you do all that shit. We were talking about this with our mom recently where in Latino culture, there's actually a word, at least in Puerto Rican culture, there's a word for a single woman who is like quote unquote past her expiration date who hasn't found a man by society's acceptable age limit. And that's the word hamona. <laughs> so if you don't know what the word hamona refers to, it means female pig. Okay. That's attractive. <laughs> right. And so you would call anybody who was like basically over 30 who had like zero prospects of ever finding a man who was like still living with her parents, who was just like not doing things according to society's standard timeline. She was a hamona. Like there was no hope for her. You would just basically hang her out to dry. She's fucking lost forever. She has no value as a woman. And there is no equivalent version of that for men in our culture. If anything, they're the opposite that they have a million fucking women. Right. And like they're encouraged, don't settle down, you know, go live your life, go be free go sow your oats right go be nick cannon and have 10 kids by 10 different women right that's perfectly acceptable behavior yeah. but as a woman not only do you have to like marry your fucking high school sweetheart but god forbid you don't find that person by the age of 25 like you're lost hope forever yep. right and so i think there was absolutely that internalized pressure on my part and so i think that's one of the reasons why i ended up just kind of going through the motions with my now ex-husband where we met in college we moved in together we got married we did all the things and I knew like he was not a good partner when did you know this because we haven't had this conversation you know I think I was actually like in that relationship more than anything just because our parents didn't like him like my mom was so fucking like blah and I think I was still carrying a lot of resentment about how strict she was growing up mm -hmm. like she was on my fucking ass the entirety of my teenage years like I had to sneak out the house I had to make up all types of lies I had to basically like be living a second life because I had a curfew till I was fucking 18 years old that's how I ended up pregnant guys <laughs> yo so you strict ass parents out there like slow your roll because you about to send your daughters over the edge okay <laughs> And so I feel like I was still like, fuck you. You ain't going to tell me who I could be with. You ain't going to tell me what to do. I graduated from college. Like, don't be telling me shit because I had been dorming for four years. So I was kind of like used to being on my own, having my own say, doing whatever I wanted. And then to come back home, have this boyfriend that my mom didn't like and her trying to like exert that authority on me again. I was like, oh, no, this is bullshit. So I think it was almost like we were trauma bonded because my parents were the enemy. Yes. Right. So I began to see him as like the out, like, okay, this is going to be my ticket out. And, you know, in some ways it was because, you know, we moved in together. That was the way I was going to exercise my independence. But from like his quality of partnership, it was trash. I mean, like, always knew. She always knew. Oh, yeah. That's why she hated him. But I was always just like, I think a lot of us, especially when we're teenagers or young adults, we're just like, you know what? Y'all are just fucking old school. Like you have unrealistic expectations of like what relationships look like or you guys are racist or you guys are, you know, prejudiced or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And so we project that not understanding that like they're actually trying to save us from ourselves because people can always see shit that you don't see when you're wearing those rose colored glasses when you're in a relationship, right? And you're really just not trying to hear that shit because clearly it's not that they care about you. It's that everybody just wants you to be fucking miserable. That's what you've convinced yourself of. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think for me, like I already knew when we got engaged that like he's not going to be a great father. So that's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to become a mother with this man. Like I already knew that shit, but it was also just like, well, I've already invested this much time. So we just got to go through the motions. Girl. It was very much just like, well, okay, so we've been dating for X amount of years. According to society's calculator, we got to get engaged now. And then we got to get married. And then, you know, two and a half years later, we got to go and buy a house and do all this shit. But meanwhile, I'm like not actually reflecting on like, who the fuck is this person? And why are we together? Yep. And is there actually a future here? Or am I just like used to the chaos mm. and the bullshit mm. and afraid of what is out there? Because I'd rather know the devil that I know versus the one that I don't um if I could drop my mic I would right now because (laughs) you are speaking my language and I think that's a thing that so many women stay loyal to is this definition of time yeah you know the eight and a half year long situationship that I was in it was just as toxic as the last one that I was in and I had that same mindset oh, we've been together for so long. You know, he's been like a father to my daughter. We've gone through so many things. I don't want to start over. I'm afraid of being alone. I had all those thoughts, but I was just keeping myself stuck and miserable in toxicity because of that loyalty to time. Yeah. Fuck that. Why do you want to stay loyal to someone who is treating you like dog shit? Honestly. It's the same shit that people do with jobs, right? It's just like, oh, well, I've been here 20 years. So what am I going to go and start over and get a new job? And God forbid they pay me more. But what if I hate my boss? Or what if I get fired because I'm not good at this job, but because I already know this job? It's the same exact fucking mentality. I had that same exact mentality being in the medical field for a decade. Mm. It's because it's all that I knew and I was comfortable. And us, especially as women, need to stop being comfortable with staying small, with dealing with dusty ass men who have nothing to offer but dick and, you know, empty <laughs> lies. Like, honestly, that's just something that a lot of women that I've come across with me sharing my story of overcoming domestic violence that they find themselves stuck in these shitty situations because they're afraid of starting over. Yeah. I think also there's like, you can't break up the family or you just got to stick it out. And I think a lot of that comes from shit that we've seen because there's a lot of toxic relationships in our culture and they're almost like modeled. They're almost like, you know, those people who've been married for 50 years, but they fucking hate each other's guts. It's like, we're still holding them to this standard of like, oh, but they stuck it out. And so it's almost like you're conditioned to believe that it's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to just fucking be ride or die and you don't give up right it's like we look at like beyonce and cardi b both top of their game women with these men who have fucking cheated on them embarrassed them publicly embarrassed them repeatedly and still you write it out can we talk about chloe kardashian (laughs) (laughs) chloe chloe girl i don't even understand (laughs) you need therapy but it's just like yo this shit happens to the most successful women and we see plenty of examples where you just fucking stick it out so it's almost like are you gonna be the homewrecker because you leave even though shit's hard because it's supposed to be hard everybody else that's around us is telling us it's fucking hard we're seeing you know our relatives are like i fucking hate him but i'm married to him for 40 years so what am i gonna do it's terrible it's toxic. <laughs> it's disgusting. Zero stars. Do not recommend. <laughs> it is okay to start over. That's something that I've learned about myself. Like, I don't want to look back and be like, I wasted my time because I went through everything that I went through for a reason. But being on the journey that I am now, the first fucking red flag, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. The first time. I'm not going to give you, oh, the benefit of that. No, I've been there. I've done that. But I think that all comes with experience and what we've gone through in these relationships. Absolutely. And so let's dive into a little bit more about kind of the various ways that abuse can manifest itself, right? Because I think when people hear the words domestic violence or domestic abuse, they automatically think, oh, you're getting punched in the face or you're getting, you know, physically assaulted in some way. And for me, I was never physically abused, but I 
I was absolutely psychologically and mentally tormented for many years. And I don't even think that I made the connection until I filed for divorce that I was literally being abused. Yeah. And just talking to professional and like understanding what narcissistic abuse is and like what narcissistic personality disorder is and just understanding that, holy shit, I married a fucking narcissist, a fucking sociopath. And that was a huge wake up call for me because I realized that the judgment that I had placed on a lot of other women about why they were dealing with toxic relationships was coming from an ignorant place because I had literally just been experiencing the same shit. And I like to almost describe it, you know, like that analogy where if you put a frog in a pot of water and then you turn the fire on, slowly the frog's gonna boil because it's not even gonna realize like how slowly the temperature of that water is happening versus when you try to throw that fucker in the boiling pot of water you're gonna be like nah I'm out of here right so I feel like that's exactly what happened to me like the first couple of years you know it was cool like we were young you know we're going out partying drinking blah 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 having fun living our young 20s lives but as I started to require some growth and maturity that is supposed to come with, you know, getting engaged and like starting to plan a future together. It was almost like he was like, you're forcing me to grow up or you're forcing me to try to become this person. He said later on that I forced him to move in with me, that I forced him to propose, that I forced him to get married, that I forced him to move to Florida, you know, as if like I was holding him fucking hostage. Right. Right. And so it's like, look at all of the things that you've made me do that I didn't want to do. And like, I'm just here trying to make you happy and it's at the expense of me. So then it's almost like he starts acting out to pay you back for like all the sacrifices that he's made. Right. So it started with excessive drinking, which then I later found out he was like a raging fucking alcoholic. Then it became not coming home, you know, random days and hours in the night. He started DJing maybe four years into our relationship. And it was like, oh, my God, like this is this is what it's meant to do. I love it. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, my dumbass was like the person who helped facilitate his whole fucking career buying equipment for him because he was broke as fuck, like from the day that we met. And that never changed. <laughs> Still is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Still is. And then it was just like projecting his, what I later found out were like narcissistic qualities where his lack of self-confidence would come back at me and turn into criticism and turn into like, I'll never make you happy. Like all you do is fucking complain and you don't want me to be happy. This is why you want me to stop DJing. Even though you're coming home at three, four o'clock in the morning, sometimes you don't even come home at all. Later found out he had multiple affairs, Mm. you know, and then even after that, it was my fault because I pushed him away, right? I did this. If you were just easier to please, if you weren't so fucking critical, if you weren't so demanding, if you didn't want so much, you would be happy, but you're not going to let us be happy. Right. And so I, as many people who deal with narcissistic abuse, really started questioning my fucking reality. I really started questioning like, yo, is it really me? Like, am I the fucking problem here? Like, what if I just stop complaining? Am I the drama? Yeah. Is it me? Really? And so I kind of feel like part of my coping mechanism became kind of withdrawing Mm. where my businesses became like my therapeutic escape from the relationship. So I said, you know what? I'm so fucking tired of like pouring into this shit with nothing in return that I'm just going to divert my energy into my shit and my businesses and my whole like personal growth has come from me saying, you know what? I I don't fucking know how to handle this. I don't know how to fix this. I know that this is not where I need to be and what I need to be doing, but I also don't know how the hell does one get a divorce? (laughs) I'm like, we don't do that in our culture, right? I was not in a financial position when the first infidelity happened to walk away. We had just bought a house. I was still in a shit ton of debt. I didn't have an emergency fund. I didn't have anything in place. So when that happened in 2017, I was not mentally prepared to walk away. I was not financially prepared to walk away. I was not emotionally prepared to walk away because I still had this belief that like I was the issue and that I was just too controlling and too demanding. And I just needed to be a better wife and shit would work out. So, you know, in one aspect, I think that's when I started to like pump the brakes on how much I fucking cared. (laughs) But then it was also like in the back of my mind, I started planning my exit strategy. So I was like, okay, I need to get rid of this house. I need to pay off debt. I need to become financially independent. I need to find a way out of this shit. And when the time is right, like it's going to be. And that was this year. So it was like a five year escape plan, but it happened as 
it was supposed to happen. It happened the way it was supposed to happen. And us being on the other side, us being, you know, mommy and papi and everyone else, like we just knew that that relationship wasn't going to work. But like you said, it had to be you. Yeah. It had to be you to be like, okay, I've reached my limit. I've gotten to my breaking point. I've had enough. And I just want to give you your flowers. Round of applause. Anyone who's listening for being the bad bitch that you are (laughs) and just knowing who the fuck you are, but also doing it smartly and doing it in a way that you were able to put all those pieces and all those ducks in a row to not have to pay this man money. And I think it's also me experiencing the separation and the divorce and realizing like how much power I had in the situation. I think it's probably helpful for you to talk a little bit about your story because I think you and I have almost like two sides of the coin. It's like what happens when you don't have that financial power to walk away easily versus when you do. So feel free to share, you know, whatever you're comfortable with as far as your own personal story and how you escaped your abusive relationship. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Ooh, well, I mean, I have the full in-depth story for anyone who wants to hear it from beginning to end because it is a long story on my podcast. But the night that I escaped was the night that I thought my life was over. Like it got physically abusive to that point that I thought this man was going to kill me. And before we even talk about that, I do want to trickle back a little bit because you said that a lot of people think that domestic violence is only physical. There's a lot of emotional and mental abuse that comes with it. And that's how it started in my relationship. That's how it starts. Usually it's kind of like they're testing the waters with that. Yes, absolutely. It always, in my opinion, and in the research that I've done, it always starts off as verbal and emotional. In the beginning, it was rainbows and butterflies. And oh, I found my soulmate. Finally, a third time's charm. Like I thought I found my person. But quickly, I came to realize that I didn't know this man at all. There was just this facade that he was pretending to be someone that he really wasn't. And everything that's done in the dark eventually comes to the light. And I started to see this shift in how he would talk to me and how he would raise his voice and call me out my name. And then started to getting physical with a push or a shove or a choke or things like that and yeah it, it was pretty fucking terrifying I still deal with having flashbacks I still deal with dreams I still deal with healing from it but I'm grateful to have gone through it what I have wanted it to happen no but I know that it did happen for a reason because it completely changed the woman that I was to who I am today and I wouldn't change that for the world yeah 
And one of the things that happened also was that I was able to work to facilitate getting you out of that situation, right? So me being in a financially okay position allowed me to help you to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So I got you on a plane. Yep. I got your apartment settled. Like you were able to just escape because you had a resource there at your disposal. And I think that's really key for you to really like lean in on your support system when shit's going down because I think that there's so much shame in these situations that it's like you almost don't want to bring anybody up and I had no idea you had been in an abusive relationship until the night where until the night it happened you showed up at our friend's house and it's like three o'clock in the morning I got a fucking phone call your sister's here this guy tried to kill her and I'm just like what the fuck just happened and I didn't even have time to think I was just like okay I'm gonna book our plane ticket we're gonna figure this shit out at some point in the future I was terrified to tell you yeah I was so scared to tell you and it does come back to that shame and that guilt nobody knew what I was going through yeah and that's something that a lot of DV victims whether it's physical or emotional or whatever it is you're ashamed you're scared you're like yo is this really happening to me you're like how the hell did I get into this situation yeah because you entered the relationship with love and you were coming from a good place and then for that shit to change it's like damn what the fuck but then you're also trying to be like Peter Pan and you're trying to save this person and you're trying to fix them but you're losing yourself in the process but yeah I was terrified to tell you well you know I think that's one of the things that I've realized is the common thread for a lot of people who are going through this it's just like you feel like you're going through it alone you feel like you're going crazy you feel like especially if you're with somebody who is emotionally manipulative and narcissistic in their character like you will be convinced that your reality is not real and that conversations that have had did not happen and the suspicions that you have are paranoid. Meanwhile, every single thing that I thought was going on, I eventually found out was going on, right? So I was so in a place where I didn't even trust my gut. I didn't even trust my intuition. I didn't trust anything. Like you could have literally slapped me across the face with some evidence of shit going down. And unless it was like, I walk in on y'all having sex, like I was not going to believe it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I think that's been the hardest part of realizing how disconnected I was from my own intuition it's almost like you get out of these situations and you can't even fucking trust yourself you're like am i ever going to be capable of making like a sound decision again Mm. am i ever going to be able to trust myself again because how the fuck did i allow this how the fuck did i just accept this and can i actually trust myself to make a good decision in the future that is so real and that's something that i still struggle with like i've purposely taken myself 100 out of the dating scene because i'm fucking scared yeah if i'm gonna be completely transparent and honest i still even though with all the work that i've done i still have the thought like what if it happens again mm. what if even though i've done this work to heal from the trauma that i've been through and you're never healed you're always healing yeah but it's like what if I find myself in the same position again and I'm fucking terrified for that to happen yeah and something else that I want to say too like the other side of it when I confronted my ex with the cheating that I found it turned back on me that I was physically abused because I called him out on that shit so it got to the point that like now I'm walking on eggshells and I don't even want to say shit to not have something happen yeah you want to talk about a mind fuck you know because you know some shit's happening but you can't even even say it. you know some shit's happening but then you're like you said you're being gaslit yeah and it's just like thank god you know i got to the point that i walked away for good but it's a mind fuck yeah well and i think also there's not enough acknowledgement about like how traumatic the emotional like psychological abuse especially is right like it's it's easy to understand why you'd be traumatized if somebody physically hits you but it's almost like ptsd that's what i attribute to like for weeks after i filed for divorce i was having fucking nightmares waking up in sweats panic attacks like and even before that even during the end of the relationship i would be woken up out of my sleep it's almost like my body was trying to send me signals like bitch you are in a dangerous fucking environment I need you to wake up I need you to pay attention and I just got so used to like shutting that off that I realized now on the other side that a lot of the anxiety and depression that I was experiencing was a direct result of the relationship I was in it's not that I'm a naturally anxious or depressed person it's the fucking environment was like exacerbating that because I don't be having that type of anxiety no more like I be waking up with peace I'm at such peace with myself now. And I felt the same way too, like towards the end of my last relationship. I said this a couple of times in other episodes on my show, but there was a point in time, Janice, 
I was waking up sick every fucking day. Like that pit in your stomach, like something is not right. Like you just in this flight or fight mode, but you don't know why. Yeah. And it was affecting everything around me. It was affecting my relationship with you guys. It was affecting my work. It was affecting everything. And it just got to the point where it ended the way that it did. But there was a point in time where I was just sick. I will never give up this feeling of peace ever again. No, absolutely. It's the emotional recovery process is so much harder than like, you know, healing a physical wound. Absolutely. 100%. So I'm curious, what has your healing journey consisted of? Because I think, you know, it's important for people to understand that like that journey is going to be very individual and it can manifest in a lot of different ways. Some people are able to do it on their own. Some people work with professionals. So what has that been like for you? For me personally, I knew I couldn't do it on my own because there was a lot of shit even before that relationship that I had to heal through. So first I surrendered and I was like, okay, I'm literally at rock bottom. I don't know where the fuck I'm going to go, but I know I can't do it alone anymore. And I know I can't keep sweeping shit under the rug like I was used to doing for the first 30 something years of my life. So I worked with a psychologist. I worked with two life coaches, thanks to you. And I just really took a look in the mirror and realized the common denominator that came from these relationships was you. And clearly there's something that's going on within me that I need to work on that I'm finding myself attracting these same type of people. So by journaling, by meditating, by talk therapy, like I said, working with a life coach, all of those things have helped me realize a lot of the shit that I had about me that I needed to work on. I knew I couldn't do it alone. And that's been the most definitive thing for me. Like just knowing that it was okay to ask for help. Yeah. It was okay to be vulnerable. I didn't have to live in this world of shame and guilt anymore and be like, yo, I need some help. I can't do it by myself. Well, and I think our culture for sure does not emphasize talking about your feelings. And no, absolutely it, not. It does not equip us to deal with a trauma and uh, negative emotions, right? There's a lot of like sweep under the rug, pretend that didn't happen, move on with your life. I mean, that still happens at home. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Mom and dad, we love you, but y'all don't have the best like communication skills. It's fine. But it's okay. We love, uh, we love you anyway. <laughs> but it's very common to just sweep shit under the rug and you just keep on going and you're like in fucking survival mode all the time. So just the act of reaching out for help is a revolutionary thing, especially in our culture where it's like you don't air out the dirty laundry. You don't talk about what's happening, right? Like even if there's- <laughs> We don't talk about Bruno, like for real. Yeah. And it's fucking terrible. You know, for me, I feel like, the first time that there was infidelity in my relationship that was a rock bottom for me personally and that set me on a path to personal development like I became obsessed with like working on my shit working on myself I think selfishly because I thought in the beginning like that was just gonna make my husband a better person if I you know work on myself but after a while I realized oh wow like this is actually helping me become a better person and it's slowly making me realize like how fucking inferior you are because it's like once you start living in that headspace of just like always working on yourself and leveling up you start to realize how mediocre some people's energy can be and so I started realizing like oh wow you're like fucking trash person and you know by the time that I filed for divorce after the second affair that I know of I had gotten so used to xing out shit that was no longer serving me right like I had quit my job I had like left where I grew up to go and start a new life in Florida like I was so good at cutting shit off that that when it came down to the last thing in my life that felt like it was no longer aligned, which was my marriage, it was easier to cut it off than I thought it was. Once I had the information that I needed to realize, oh, wow, like you're just a trash fucking person and this is not going to change. Like I've given you every opportunity to like handle your shit and you're not going to do it. So because at this point I am self-aware enough to know better and I have done a shit ton of personal development. I have really healthy coping mechanisms. I have a huge support system of like coaches and therapists and just friends and family who I know I can lean 
on when shit goes left that I wasn't afraid anymore to make the decision, even though it was fucking traumatic, even though it was like, oh my God, this bitch is about to be divorced. Like I'm going to be the first cousin in the family to be divorced. I just didn't give a fuck because for me, it almost felt like I was on a plane that was on its way to fucking crash and there was one parachute and it's like, it's either going to be me or it's going to be you and bitch, it's not going to be you. It's going to be me. Okay. You going down with the motherfucking hijacked plane. Yes. Because this bitch is jumping out. And so it literally was like, once I made the decision, I feel like something clicked in my brain. It's almost like a light bulb went off and I was like, I need to purge. And so I spent literally like the next 48 hours, like removing everything from the house, filing for divorce. This man was like men in black X out, <laughs> you know, like the fucking flashbulb. Yep. It's like, sir, you never existed. Yep. Every picture was burned. The album from the wedding was burnt. Like, I'm like, I don't even want it. Your fucking hair strand in this house. Like you cease to exist. And when I think about like five years ago, being in a headspace where I was just like, I can't imagine my life like not being married and being with this person and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like the growth, honey. Yes. I'm, the growth is here, but it's because I had decided to start working on myself years ago and I had the fucking emotional tool belt to do the hardest fucking thing that I've ever had to do in my life because I had gotten used to making hard fucking decisions about a lot of other shit. And it just became impossible to justify settling for the bullshit in this aspect of my life when every other aspect of my life is fucking amazing, right? Like I have amazing friendships. I have an amazing fucking career. I have an amazing house that I live in. I have the most amazing life except for this marriage. And why the fuck would I let that be the thing that I'm okay being mediocre about? Yes, she is preaching. <laughs> you don't understand how this like makes my heart so happy because I've had all these thoughts being on the other side and just seeing, I'm like, they just don't belong together. It's just, no, it's not it. And like, when you know someone is a piece of shit and they're always going to be a piece of shit, it's just like, yo, I'm just waiting for the day. And when we got that phone call, <laughs> I was sad for you. But let me tell you, honey, it was like, oh, finally, <laughs> finally, the floodgates opened up and God came through and just knew that yeah. you were meant for so much more. So let me ask you, what would be a piece of advice Advice, in your opinion that you would tell a woman who finds herself in this toxic relationship she kind of knows she wants to leave but she's scared feeling all the feels that we felt what would you tell her well I'm gonna be real you know strategical and tactical about this because at the end of the day what I have found is the single most common reason why women do not leave these relationships is because they don't have the financial means to do so and so one thing for me that I am super fucking proud of and I will literally yell from the mountaintops about how I'm it is is to maintain your financial independence as a woman point blank period i don't give a fuck if you've been with your man for a day or 30 fucking years i'm gonna need you to do several things to maintain your financial independence in a relationship number one protect your credit okay do not be getting these joint bank accounts, these joint credit cards, signing on fucking loans. We're not doing that because a grown ass man should be able to provide for himself. If he needs to buy a motherfucking car, bitch, you better go get three jobs if you can't afford that payment right now because I'm not co-signing on a loan for you. I will never do that again. Never. Okay. <laughs> So maintaining your credit and having your own credit cards is key because let's just say that that is the only access to capital that you have. You can fucking get, you know, a cash advance if you really have to and go and get your own apartment and get the fuck out of there. So that's number one. Number two, this whole shit of like what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. Fucking no way. You need your own bank accounts. Okay. You need your own savings accounts. Yeah, sure. If you're going to live together, you can commingle some money, right? If you're going to pay joint bills together, if you got rent and all the shit, yes, that's fine. But you better have your own bank accounts and you better have at least one that your partner doesn't know about. This is like the emergency fucking exit savings account. Okay, because at the end of the day, yes, we want happily ever after. But if the shit goes left, the last thing that you need is for all your money to be locked up in joint bank accounts. And then you file for divorce and your shit is frozen. Your assets are frozen. You cannot access joint bank accounts except for like, you know, day to day living. You won't be able to make large withdrawals like it gets wild, especially if you're married. So separate accounts. And thirdly, please, for the love of God, I don't fucking want to hear anybody's excuse about why they shouldn't do this get a goddamn prenup 
Okay. If you are going to get married, you better get a prenup. And if your partner does not want a prenup, you need to throw his ass out with the trash. Okay. His or her, whatever, because you could absolutely get a prenup in a same sex relationship too. And if you are listening to this conversation, and you're like, oh my God, I'm married to a narcissist. I need to get the fuck out of here. I need you to do one of two things. I need you to start squirreling away some money if you don't already have some. Even if that really means like opening up a bank account and putting your relative's address on it so that they don't get the statements, like you need to start putting aside some money to escape. And you need to start telling people what's going on. Yes. Because trying to do this shit alone is not easy. You need to have somebody who's keeping an eye on you, especially if you're with somebody who's potentially could get physically abusive, who could start like wiling out. You need people to be involved. Yep. And, you know, I think honestly, those are a couple of things that I would say to people, but absolutely like it doesn't matter if you're in a relationship or not. You need to have your own bag. Point blank, period. Hope for the best, plan for the worst. No, I'm really glad that you brought up that financial aspect because another statistic that I came across in, you know, doing the research around domestic violence is 99% of DV victims find themselves in abusive relationships because they're being financially abused. Yep. And I had no, like, who fucking talks about financial abuse? I never heard about that before in my life. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. It makes so much sense why so many women, especially, can't leave because they have no fucking money. Yo, the other day I posted a TikTok about my situation and a woman commented, I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of mine, narcissist. He's been living in my house for eight years and not working like steadily. And the only reason why I have him there is because he's taking care of my kid while I'm at work. And I'm like, ma'am, first of all, the fact that this man can really be living in your fucking house for eight years without earning a steady income. Can we just set the building on fire because the red flag is not enough? Um, Number two, this idea that like that's the only person that you can trust with your fucking child and that's why you're going to stick around. Like we need to ask, we need to demand more from the people in our lives because that bare minimum, if that's what you asked for, that's what you're going to get. Facts. Say it again. (laughs) What about you? What would you tell somebody who is like finding themselves in a situation where they're just like, holy shit, I can't believe this is my life. I'm in an abusive relationship. Ask for help. Mm ask for help ask for help ask for help you cannot do it alone as embarrassed as you may feel as scared as you may feel you have to reach out to someone that's what helped me i went to our friend that night and that's the first time that i told anyone what was going on and that's the moment when my life started to change when i reached out and i was like this is what's happening what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah. You know, you got to speak up. Yeah. You have to speak up. You need to, you know, fuck what anyone is going to say. Fuck what family's going to think. You are the most important thing and you should want to protect yourself by all means. So ask for help. Absolutely. I think we have to just keep bringing this subject out of the dark because Mm -hmm. there's way too many women who are suffering in silence. And that's what I found is I continue to tell my story. It's just like, wow, there are so many people who have either been there or currently going through it or they know somebody. And it's just like, this is not acceptable ever but especially not now when there are so many I think there's so much more access to help in ways that in the past there wasn't right like it's not like you could go online or you could go send a text message or whatever and like get access to a domestic violence support hotline or something like that so we have to normalize these conversations because I am truly a firm believer that like your relationships have the biggest impact on your life of any decision that you're gonna make and it can either elevate your life to a place that you couldn't even imagine or it can drag your life down to a place that you literally can't even believe. I've seen the dark and I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Sis, this has been such a healing conversation. I am so excited for folks to continue to get to know you and the work that you're doing in this space. So tell people where they can find you. Yes. Well, I hang out on these Instagram streets. You can follow me at Watch Us Thrive Podcast. Check out my podcast, Watch Us Thrive. It's available on all major streaming platforms. I'm building up my website, so stay tuned for that. I'm also on TikTok and Twitter. And just thank you for having me on and just having this conversation that I've been wanting to have for so long. (laughs) 
you are such an inspiration and you have helped me so much in my own healing journey. And I really just want to thank you for paving the way for so many women to not settle for fucking mediocrity. <laughs> Let the dusty ass guy go and go be your baddest bitch self. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for really providing a place where people in our community can feel safe about having these conversations yeah. because, you know, it's still, it's still very much a taboo thing to talk about about what's going on behind closed doors and all the battles that we face with mental health and, you know, relationships and just all of the things that can self-sabotage our own success. So thank you for the work that you do and for using your pain and turning it into your purpose. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. The Latina (laughs) Dr. Phil, she's coming soon. (laughs) Thank you, sis. Thank you. Love you. Love you. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer